Hey, y'all. Have you ever heard of Old Gods of Appalachia? Well, if you haven't, you have now. Let me tell you. This is a horror anthology podcast, and it is absolutely amazing. They have characters. They have actors. They have different people doing voiceovers. It is so ridiculously dope. Y'all got to check this out. Um... I'm, I'm like, I'm enthralled. I'm, I I can't stop listening to it. This shit is crazy. And I got to tell you, all the actors are, they're straight, they're queer, they're black, they're of color, they're male, they're female, they're they, thems, they, thems. They just, this thing is so diverse, man. And, and there's, there's actually some poets involved with this that I actually admire. So this is a big deal. Y'all got to check out Old Gods of Appalachia wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, y'all. It's your fam, Black Fluid Poet, a.k.a. John S. Blake, coming to you live from my, well, from the couch I'm staying on. <laughs> I'm staying on a friend's couch in the Pacific Northwest. I am in the tiniest of towns called Mossy Rock, Washington. And this is the strangest place I have ever lived in my life. I'm talking low because I'm outside right now. And I can literally wake up the neighbors across the street if I'm any louder than this. (laughs) I love it here. And I hate it here. I didn't think I could feel this way about anything besides a romantic relationship (laughs) or some jobs, but it's beautiful here. Like every, everywhere you look, it's just trees and mountains and there's this crisp morning air that heats up in the afternoon and then cools back down at night. And if you get up early enough, you can watch the fog, like just roll through like a mist just rolls between all the trees kind of like it's just braiding all the trees it's like a gray river coming down through the green and then it vanishes and this blue sky opens up at least for the next month and a half and then it chills it's quiet one thing i've noticed is that being in a small town and knowing no one i've had the fortune or misfortune of having to spend a lot of time with my own thoughts and I am struggling with loving myself without any distraction there's no bar crowd there's no clubs there's no poetry readings there's no 12-step meetings it's just me I go to work and I come back to the couch (laughs) And I scroll through my phone until I get sleepy, and then I start my day again. There is a bus that um, takes about a half an hour to get me to work. It's it's like a a bus that only makes three stops between here and Centralia. And uh, it's like a straight shoot to my job. It's one of the first stops, and it's about a half-hour ride outside of town. And, you know, we're doing 40, 50 miles an hour, so it's it's a ways away. And on the bus, which is actually a minivan, um, (laughs) I look out the window and we just, we go over this long bridge and it's this 
gorgeous light blue river. And I keep promising myself I'm going to go take a walk there, and I never do. It is seriously like we've overused the word beautiful. It is so beautiful out here. And then I hate it because it's racist and right-winged and homophobic and transphobic. And uh, people out here wear Trump garb and NRA garb and, you know, women should be in the kitchen kind of stuff. And the misogyny is man deep out here. There's about eight stores in the center of this town. Four of them serve alcohol. <laughs> it tells you what people are doing. Most of the guys here work at the sawmill. And um, most of the women are pushing strollers. Everybody, except for maybe three people so far, are white. There's a small Mexican community, and they stick to themselves. I'll give you an example of some of the things I've experienced a Mexican family walked into the local supermarket, which is very small. It's like a little bit bigger than a bodega in New York City. And when they walked past the front and they started to go down the aisles, all talking Spanish, you know, giving orders on what food to grab, and the kids are going down separate aisles. A guy at the front, about 1920, son of the owner, says, oh, that reminds me, I got to call ICE. And the cashiers giggled. Another manager giggled. Some of the patrons who were white at the front smiled and kind of ha-ha'd and walked out. And I was enraged. But I'm staying in somebody else's house, and I have the privilege of being able to pick up and move whenever I'm able to. This woman is not. She has children here. She has family here. She has a job here. And I don't want her to suffer the consequences of me feeling <clears throat> free to speak my mind and start fights. I can't wear a Black Lives Matter shirt here. I can't wear my big earrings. I can't wear makeup. I damn sure can't wear no long skirt. It's breaking me down inside, but I've been in worse situations. But I, I think the loneliness I'm feeling is not being able to express my whole self, you know. And now I understand why I felt the way I felt maybe four or five years ago. Trapped, you know. And I didn't feel trapped in my marriage. I didn't feel trapped at my job. I didn't feel trapped in school. I felt trapped inside my body. I felt trapped in fear. I felt trapped in societal expectations and judgments and... I'm across the street from a church that looks like it was built sometime in the 40s. And I stare out at this cross every night. I mean, it's like maybe 50 yards from me. And it's perfectly, purely white. And it looks like, you know, one of the houses. And I'm thinking, you ruined it here. You just, you ruined everything. I hate it because I've met people who 
don't have a problem with the queer community and don't have a problem with Black Lives Matter, but they can't speak up because <clears throat> they're afraid of consequences. I feel empty. But I feel like I'm here for a reason. You know, and there's actually a couple of people who've told me that I've changed their lives. They've been following me on TikTok and I've helped them through some stuff. And even in this little town in Mossy Rock, Washington, some people had to thank me. It was an honor, you know. I got a job at this little restaurant. And it's like a New Jersey diner. And I, I fucking, I love the the system of how they work. It's fast, you know. Pick up the order, take it to the table. The check goes up soon after. The, the order doesn't take more than 10 minutes. You know, boom, boom, boom. And I'm running around this restaurant. And it's like turn and burn. And I missed it. I used to do that when I was in my 20s. But y'all, let me tell you. I am not in my 20s <laughs> anymore. I'm tired. My, my hips are killing me. My ankles hurt. My back hurts. I'm taking Advil in the morning like a breakfast snack. Out here in the silence with my thoughts, I've been able to have a reckoning with myself about mistakes I've made and people I've harmed. I've decided that I deserve happiness with all the harm I've caused. And that's hard. It's hard. It's hard to forgive myself for the things I've done. And I struggle with it. Every time I feel a genuine sense of peace and happiness, I, somewhere in my head I say I don't deserve it. But I do. God, I've been through hell. I've been through hell in my life. Mom in prison, dad dying of AIDS. My sister's so strung out on crack from all the sexual assaults she's been through and the abuse from my mother. Despite all the abuse I went through, my siblings will say that I was spoiled. <laughs> That's how bad they got it. You know, by the time my mom had me, she had learned some stuff. She was in her 30s. And uh, without therapy and a bipolar disorder, definitely, my mom was able to know that she had to do things differently. She had to figure it out on her own. She had to make a lot of mistakes. And my mom caught hell from her mother. She had permanent scars all over her body from beatings she took. So the way she beat her kids, she didn't think it was so bad because, you know, she only hospitalized two of them, you know, once each. And that's what she would have said when she was alive, you know. I think my dad was autistic. Funny how TikTok works, man. I'm learning so much. <laughs> I'm learning so much. I think I have high-functioning autism, but I'm not sure. I can't say for sure. I'm going to see a therapist soon enough. Tomorrow I go get my ID. And um, I'm thinking about moving out to Olympia or Seattle if I could ever afford it. I don't know. I was thinking about living in New Orleans, but I don't want to live in a red state after being here. I don't want to be anywhere near Republicans. I don't want to be anywhere near the conservative party. I definitely don't want to be anywhere near a church. 
people here gossip like crazy. Nobody here knows me. I've been here about two weeks now. And uh, this little kid on a scooter came up to me and he said, hey, did you just get out of prison? My mom said you just got out of prison. <laughs> I was like, no. He said, well, are you a tweaker? There's some people who say you're probably a tweaker. I said, no. He said, oh, and he introduced himself. And then I didn't want to talk to him because if anybody finds out I'm queer, they're going to think I'm a groomer. So I kind of went in the house. I feel trapped. But, you know, my roommate was kind enough to open up her home to me, knowing I was queer, knowing I was black, and knowing that she'd catch hell if it ever got out. That is an ally. No, she's not fighting the neighborhood for me. But she would if she had to. But I'm not going to put her in that position. I can't afford to stay here too much longer. The landlord keeps asking me, uh, you're just visiting, right? Because you've been here a while. And I don't want her to lose her place. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll figure it out. I haven't done much writing. I did some writing. I posted something on Patreon the other day, how we feel about divorce. And uh, I'm pretty proud of what I wrote. It was pretty vulnerable. If you decide to check it out at patreon.com slash blackfluidpoet. <sighs> I'm having a hard time really being in solitude here. You know, being alone. Um, I feel like I'm climbing metaphoric walls, you know. I miss being in love. I miss being connected to somebody. You know what I miss? You know, being tall. I'm always taller than my partner. I miss hugging my partner and laying my head, laying my cheek on, on the top of their head and feeling the texture of their hair on my face. I miss that. I haven't had that in a long time. I miss having friends that I relied on and trusted and who relied on and trusted me. We've all gotten older and moved to different cities. Some of us got married and had kids. Some of us got involved in our careers, you know. One of my friends became a rap star in North Carolina. The other one is like a well-known teacher and street poet in L.A. I miss when the three of us used to hang out at poetry slams, get drunk and just laugh. <laughs> we used to go to the National Poetry Slam and hang out in the hotel lobby and crack jokes and tell poems and oh I miss it man I miss the watering hole writing uh, workshops it was a residency in South Carolina we used to light a fire at night and just share poems and talk it felt good to be black it felt good to be a part of a community and even after that, if we saw each other on the street or something, you know, we used to say, I see you tried. If you ever get a chance, if you're a black poet, if you ever get a chance, look into the, write, the, the watering hole writing residency. It changed my life. It redefined a lot of things for me. Being black was more than suffrage. It was more than the pain we've endured. There was a... a sincere, genuine language to our love, you know. 
There's none of that here. You know, I have this like, it's kind of like being semi-TikTok famous, you know, and you're out in the street, you know, and someone's like, oh my God, I love your TikToks. I love your content. I've been watching you for like two years. And you get this feeling of like, oh, wow, you know, like I'm kind of famous. And you know how that's like a small, that's like a fraction of what a real movie star feels in Hollywood, you know, like red carpet stuff and things of that nature. I think I feel a fraction of what it feels like on death row, having no contact, being in a cell, and just being alone with your own thoughts 23 hours out of the day, you know? Like, I'm just, it feels like there's nothing to live for. I couldn't imagine being a queer kid growing up here, afraid to tell their parents. I couldn't imagine being a queer kid right now and seeing all these laws and this hunt that's going on for queer kids and the parents who support them. I guess, y'all, I guess what I'm feeling is fear. I'm feeling so much fear about everything. Like it doesn't matter where I move, somebody's always getting hurt. Somebody's getting shot in a classroom or you know, when I was a kid, you know, in the seventies, you were told that police and pastors, these were the good people. And now that's anything but the truth, it feels like. I don't know what the truth is anymore sometimes. I I get confused. I Things get grayed and lines get wide and fuzzy and what I thought, what the statement I want to live, I, I thought there was a definite path to that and now I don't even know what that looks like, you know? I still love writing. I still love, you know, giving lectures and talking and doing this podcast, but I often wonder who's listening. Or if anybody, like, really internalizes any of this stuff anymore, if it's just distraction and entertainment and we just go on with whatever the hell it is that we're doing. Like, we're just a big anthill and we take a minute to say some stuff and then we just keep with the status quo. I don't like that. Maybe I'm just getting old and cynical, you know, pushing 55 almost, and maybe I've just had enough of all of it. Politics and discussions of race and sexuality and class. and College degrees don't mean shit anymore. It's just a bunch of debt. But you know what I haven't done? I haven't applied my degree. I don't know why I keep myself in my happiness. I know I'd be so happy as a professor. But I fight it. I don't know why I fight it. I think it's because I still feel like the old drunk and junkie that I was. 
I remember a woman named Lauren Ferguson. She said, it's hard to see the forest through the trees. Child, ain't that the truth. Maybe that's what I'm going through. It's kind of like here, you know. I look out and I see all of these, all of these hills, man. It's just chock full of trees. It's just beautiful, beautiful hunter green everywhere you look. And you don't realize that somewhere in there, <laughs> there's a fucking, I don't know, a bear fucking mauling an elk. <laughs> I mean, there's a mountain lion somewhere that just like pounced on a fucking duck. And, and there's struggle in, in the beauty too. This struggle in the beauty. And this beauty in the struggle. I'm pretty confident I'm going to come out on the other side of this. I don't know what that's going to look like. But I'm looking forward to it, you know. I saw a shirt once that said, I'm not suicidal because I'm cursed with curiosity. I want to see how bad this is going to get tomorrow. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? But after everything I've been through, I owe it to myself to see this out to the end. To see how this all turns out. To write this book. Imagine a beautiful ending. I think about what that last page is going to read. I promised myself I wouldn't write the last page first. I feel like I'm falling apart. But something's telling me it's a good thing. That in this struggle there is also beauty. Remember to love yourselves. And on this Monday morning, if you fall short, remember you can start your day over anytime, anywhere, with anybody, because loving yourself is the most important thing you could do with this breath. I'll talk to y'all later. Hey, y'all. Your fam, Black Fluid Poet. Check it out. If you love this podcast, I want to thank you for favoriting the podcast because it means the world to me. However, the way I can get more advertisers is to have more subscribers. If advertisers um, see that um, I have a lot of subscribers, they will be more willing to give me opportunities to advertise for them. So in order for me to get these ads, I need to get to a decent amount of subscribers. So you come here to anchor.fm and you go to support and you can pick 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99. Please feel free to pick 99 cents. I I, I am overjoyed at anyone who wants to support my dream of getting this podcast taking off. You know what I'm saying? So please just consider it. If I could get a thousand subscribers, I could get out of this poverty thing. You know what I'm saying? Because, yo, the struggle is real. Y'all take care. <laughs>